Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of Airport Experience News. This is episode 29, and it is double-sized because here I chat with both Atusa Goreshi and Laura Fitz-Randolph of HMS Hosts. And the idea for this podcast uh, actually came up last December or so when Atusa and I were chatting, and unfortunately our crazy schedules essentially were the only things that kept us from recording this episode much sooner. But we kind of promised each other not to let this topic wither on the vine, and well, here it is. So all of this started with a question. Are our organizations truly representative of the people we serve? Which led to another question, are we diverse enough? Which led then to more specific questions such as why we should have diverse teams and also how organizations can benefit from them. Well, Atusa suggested that Laura certainly be part of the conversation and I agreed. So here is my chat with both Atusa Goreshi and Laura Fitz-Randolph. So I'm here with Atusa Goreshi, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications, as well as Laura Fitz-Randolph, the Chief Human Resources Officer, both with HMS Host. Ladies, thank you for taking the time to speak with me on this pod. Thank you for inviting us. So Atusa, you and I spoke, uh, I think, almost three months ago now sometime, I believe. You know, it was around this time when uh, Steve was recognized, uh, Steve Johnson, it is, the President and CEO of HMS Host. Uh, Steve was recognized for uh, a certain award. I believe recognizing his work in uh, diversity. I believe, right? Is that is that the case? Right. I mean, Laura, you can probably elaborate. It's uh, women. Uh, sure. Um, Steve is is being um, honored in uh, two weeks now, actually, as a titan of the industry by the Women's Food Service Forum, which is an organization that is devoted to um, the advancement of women in the the food service industry. And so, it's a great honor for both him and HMS host to have him among the, the titans of the industry being honored at that event. Perfect. That's great. So it was kind of, uh, Atusa, from, from that, uh, you and I pivoted to kind of wondering if our organizations, or, or in general, all organizations, are really built to properly represent the clients we serve from a diversity standpoint. And I thought this was a great topic. So Atusa, starting with you, where does your passion from this topic stem from? I'm so happy to be here uh, today to even talk talk about this because I think the more we talk about it, um, the more transparency we'll see in business and uh, the more, I think, relaxed and accustomed we'll all become to just making sure that we're diverse across the board. And for me, it's really a passionate, it's a, pro, it's, it's a passion project because, I mean, I'm obviously someone who, who is foreign born, comes from um, you know, a kind of a unique and, and different background. Um, I have a different life experience. Uh, I'm obviously a woman. And, you know, I, I think that for me, there was a very different path to where I am today. Um, and I believe that people can bring such incredible, valuable ideas and innovative experiences based on where they've come from. So um, I think that that this is the future. We want to make sure that we are not only representative of the people that we serve, that we actually, HMS Host in particular, continues to elevate what we do in, in dining and travel dining by ensuring that we've got the best talent. And I think the best talent really does come from very diverse, different cultures and life experiences. So that's, for me, it's really um, a project of passion. And I really care a lot about um, making sure that we're authentic and uh, we're very real when we talk about our participation in, 
in this industry and what we're doing and how we're trying to elevate uh, everyone really to get to where we need to be. So uh, it does come definitely from my own life experience. So do you mind going into a little bit of, in terms of like from your career, how diversity has impacted and shaped you? Yeah. So I think a lot of people would share my um, initial beginnings in that it, it, we are in an industry that uh, tends to be, um, you know, a little bit more male driven by virtue of the fact that 10, 20 years ago, you had a lot more men that I think were traveling. And now you've got women that are joining the ranks of road warriors. And we have been tracking the changing demographics for years. This is not new. This has been going on for, I think, the past 10 years, this evolution in changing demographics. You're also seeing even uh, from the airport authorities, changes in how people look in the leadership positions. And, and again, it just, you know, I think research and, um, and everything that we have read about tells us that diverse teams constantly and consistently outperform um, more homogenous groups. And it's simply because we can bring different perspectives to problem solving. Um, so for me, yes, growing up in this industry uh, was an incredible, like an incredible opportunity and challenge at the same time. And I feel very grateful about where I am today. Uh, it was not necessarily an easy path as it, as it isn't for most people. Um, but I'm telling you that, that I am absolutely sure, more sure than ever, that the, the types of advancements and, um, and changes and things that we're doing, at least HMS Host is doing, is really changing the industry and changing dynamics and, um, and I think that we are leading the way in terms of creating like a diverse, inclusive workplace. So it's, it's really, it's a bright future as far as I'm concerned, especially, you know, with our CEO, Steve Johnson at the helm, I think he really gets it. And um, he understands how uh, differences can really be something that can be celebrated and can lead to profitability. So um, that's how I look at it. And again, you know, my, my trajectory was not an easy one. Um, but I, I'm proud of where I am today. I'm, I'm proud of, of the strides that the organization's made. And, you know, I'd like to, I, I kind of like to see everyone else doing the same thing, to tell you the truth. I mean, I think that we've mm-hmm. blazed a path here uh, in this industry. Um, and, um, and I think that, honestly, HMS hosts should get some recognition for, for what we're trying to, to do and others should be following. And and more and more very recently, as of this pod, maybe about almost two weeks ago, you know, you hired Iris, Iris Messina, and, uh, another strong woman in this industry, very well respected as well uh, to the group. That's right, we did. Um, and you know, the, the fact that that Iris came on board is, uh, I mean, it, we weren't looking at that at all through the lens of gender. It was really about where do we get the best talent and. Um, so I just, I, I mean, I want to make that point is that sure. there's, we, we want to be able to bring diversity organically into our organizations. And I think that Laura can really um, speak to how, some of the strategic approaches that we're taking to make sure that we're doing that appropriately. Um, but it's, it does tell you a lot about how things are changing because these executives, a lot of these senior executives and, and up and coming executives are women they're people of color. They're foreign-born, if not all three. You see that represented in our boardroom today. Um, you know, Steve Johnson. One of the first things he did when he became CEO was take a look at the boardroom and 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 make sure that he had the best, most diverse talent there. 
So, and I think that that's something that is a mindset that he's cascaded throughout the organization. So looking to the world around us and the many different people who frequent your restaurants, is it easy to say that this is what kind of drives the push for having a more diverse workforce? Because you just never mind just the talent to get the, you know, the best, uh, the best viewpoints and, and things, but also perhaps the diversity of the customer base. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll start off that answer and then I'll ask Laura to finish it. But uh, yeah, no question about it. We do uh, a lot of research when we go into airports and we change restaurants, et cetera. And uh, the female demographic is growing. I mean, we've seen, we've been tracking it. Um, this change has been growing over the years and we're responding in kind to not only ensuring that we have like sort of the right people in place um, that sort of understand and can respond accordingly, but we also have like innovative concepts that are, that um, offer and are, have broad appeal that are that kind of ex- I think the female demographic would expect, you know, whether it's like incredibly um, healthy eating or options that we find that a lot of that demographic would look for. So it's changed kind of how we look through our culinary efforts as well as our overall communication and engagement strategy. So Laura, I don't know if you want to add to that. Sure. And I think an important note um, with regard to how you approach diversity in business is that one of the important points is that when when people are looking at your business, you know, when applicants are looking at you, especially, um, you know, more senior people as well, executives, everything from millennials up to the executive ranks, they want to see a company that represents um, that represents themselves in some way. And so it is about, as Atusa was saying, about culture and engagement and designing um, both, you know, from what you see, but also more importantly, what you actually experience once you get inside a company. And it's about, it's about inclusion. It's about comfort. It's about a sense of belonging. And really a sense of belonging is something we're trying to achieve within our restaurants and with what we are offering to our travelers, it's something that they say, yes, I would like to go in there because that, that looks like something I like, or it feels like me and that they feel like they can then can belong and enjoy themselves in one of our, in one of our concepts. So Laura, this next question, I'm going to direct to you, you know, how do we, how do we then just avoid um, being diverse just for the sake of, 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 for diversity's sake, just for the sake of saying, of checking a box that we have a female, we have a female African-American, et cetera. Because I kind of look at it as Atusa had mentioned earlier, we're not just doing diversity just for the sake of diversity. You know, it's, this still has to be talented, the most talented people. So I'm kind of picturing it as kind of like a Venn diagram of sorts where you have diversity on one side and then uh, talent and kind of like you guys picking uh, in the middle, Correct. Uh, yes. So one of the most important things about diversity, not just being for diversity's sake, is that it needs to be something that the company and the executives and the people within the company believe in for the value of the business. No no company is going to be successful uh, in, in being diverse or in having a diversity initiative or just seeking to be more diverse if it's only the way that you're looking at um, what you can visually see in people. And so when we approach um, diversity at HMS Host, we look at it very much like you said. You know, it's important for us to have representatives of all, of all groups, of all backgrounds, of all thought patterns in our company. But ultimately, you, have, you, you pull together a diverse slate of candidates from all of those things, from race, from gender. Um, it could be from religion, but, you know, also the background that they came up in. 
and the experience that they bring to the table. And then you get to see the real breadth and depth of the talent that is out there and available. And you ultimately, you know, need to be choosing the, the often the best candidate, but sometimes you may be looking at two candidates that are very closely aligned and you make a choice based on something that you may need in your business that doesn't necessarily have to do with a resume or something that you see visually in the person. So it has to be a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not just about the color of people's skin or the box that you check on a form, right? That, that if that's the only way that we look at diversity, then we're, we are just checking the box. Yeah. That's not helping anybody (laughs) really. No, (laughs) it's not because then you get people, you get to looking at this as just, you know, like we used to talk about, you know, 20, 30 years ago when it was a hot topic about quotas, you know, quotas, they ended up with a a bad name because it just was, people looked at it as, as looking at diversity for a number rather than for a purpose. So how difficult is it, Laura, from your point of view, uh, managing the hierarchy, you know, managing this hierarchy of importance, you know, the, the corporate, the corporation and its goals versus the initiative? Um, I, I know, like you said, it, it, I don't want to be uh, dwell too much on this, but I, I got to imagine it's it, it is there is a balance and it's it's almost sometimes difficult to make that balance unless companies are just not looking at it in the same way. Well, I think the smart companies look at diversity just as simply an important part of their their business process and their business goals. I don't look at them as um, independent or mutually exclusive. Uh, as as Atusa said, one of the very early things that Steve Johnson did was come in and um, create a very diverse executive team. Um, we have uh, three three women, um, an African-American male, a woman of Indian origin, um, you know, others with, with diverse backgrounds as well. And, uh, and that was the tone that he was setting for the company. And he's sending a message to, to each and every person that works here about what, what he values and what he wants um, out from the company as far as diversity. So I, I have not in my career, honestly, run into a point where there was a decision that needed to be made that boiled down to supporting diversity versus making a business decision for the company that w- could not possibly be supported by the support of diversity. They, to me, they go hand in hand. I think our them is going hand in hand, like Atus is talking about them, they go hand in hand. I think it ultimately boils down to how focused you are on it and how much you talk about it and make it present in your business. Perfect. So Laura, um, as a follow-up to that of sorts, uh, how much does access to talent pool play into this? You know, you, um, whether you're pulling locally or you're able to draw nationally and people are willing to really relocate, maybe they will be because you're a large corporation like HMS hosts, but is there a danger that um, the talent pool kind of limits the options if a company does want to have diversity among the ranks? That is, that is always a risk. The talent pool, you know, we're a, a national company. We operate in pretty much every major metropolitan market, but also, you know, secondary um, market as well within the country. And the talent pool is going to be different wherever we look. And so um, when we are looking in particular for um, associates to come and work at our um, operation support center here in Bethesda, you know, we are fortunate to have a very 
um, diverse talent base to draw from in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. But what we what we truly face more, I think you mentioned, you know, people being willing to relocate for jobs. Um, that's actually a very large challenge for us when we're looking to uh, create opportunities from within our company. So uh, relocation is very challenging for all companies. Um, there are families who are double income families, or you could have single parents working and they've got people who are helping them with childcare or other family issues and picking up and leaving is very, very hard for people. And so we're, we're working um, hard within our company to be identifying barriers to both relocation, but even moving up within the company in order to, um, in, in particular for women who are in um, the family years of their lives, because we are seeing them self-select out and, and wait, you know, wait to go for an opportunity, wait to go for a promotion because they just, they can't move or they're worried about what's going to happen, um, you know, within their, within their family structure while they're, they're working in a different role. Um, but, you know, again, back to your initial question about, about talent pools, I think it's it, when you have a talent pool that may be less diverse, it just means that you work all the harder to ensure that you bring in um, diverse types of candidates for the jobs that you are looking to fill. And some of the things that we do to ensure that we're, we're doing the best that we can in that area is partner with community-based organizations who are helping um, helping to pull people who may not have high levels of education or working to pull them out of poverty um, to work with us to help be a talent pool for us. We're also a partner with the Multicultural um, Food and Hospitality Association, where we get support in that um, in that endeavor as well. We partner with the National Restaurant Association and the Educational Foundation and its Pro Start program um, in another effort to help bring in, um, you know, um, diverse talent pools. So we're always thinking about it and always looking at it. And I can't sit here and tell you that it's perfect because demographics and markets often are what they are, but it's something that we're always thinking about and always looking for new ways to enhance the opportunities um, to look at the broadest possible talent pool for any position that we have. You said, you know, this, it wasn't the mar the marketplace, I guess, wasn't this way 20, 30 years ago. Do you feel now things are speeding up to the point where you are still constantly evolving to uh, keep up with the, with the, with not just the changing demographics, but the changing um, or evolving ways to kind of help promote and attract uh, diverse talent? Um, the, I think the question ultimately was, you know, as the business, as, as everything evolves, as we see society evolve, as we see our business evolve, as we see ways to recruit evolve, are we constantly looking for new and different ways to seek and attract, um, people to our business? And so, um, you know, we have to do that in, in our talent acquisition function all the time, every single day. Um, that ranges from where are we marketing our jobs to how are we marketing ourselves as a company? And so what is the value proposition that we offer to you if you want to come work for HMS Post? Um, that is different for, um, it's different for many people. You know, as you're looking um, at, at bringing people in at the early stage of their careers or even the mid stage of their careers, what we're offering is, is a um, 
is an environment where you can grow and develop a career um, going up the ladder, across the ladder, however you want to do it. You know, we're, like I said, we're in, as we market ourselves, we're in every single major market in the country. We um, have over 300 brands that are part of our company. Um, we, from a variety of different food styles um, to concepts, and, and we, so I think ultimately we have something that appeals to everyone, but for some people, honestly, it's just about getting their first job. It's just about getting a foot in the door, a foot in the industry. And we have to show that the restaurant industry and HMS host in particular is a great place to build a career because ultimately that's what everybody is looking for. And they're looking to do that in, in an inclusive, um, welcoming, diverse, engaged environment. And I can't sit here and tell you that we have every piece of the puzzle solved, but it's something that I spend my days with my team and my peers working to ensure that we're delivering on that promise for our associates, those who are here now, as well as those that we wish to bring into the company. So, Laura, you mentioned about career paths uh, a little early in one of your answers. And, you know, I don't know if this will surprise anyone or not, but I read uh, Sheryl Sandberg's book, uh, Lean In, when it came out several years ago. Wow, it's actually been many, many years ago now. And she had mm-hmm. one detail in her book that was about uh, a ladder and seeing things as a ladder or seeing things really as a jungle gym versus a ladder. Because a ladder, there's, if someone's above you, you can't, you know, you can't obviously climb or, or advance. Whereas a jungle gym, you can move, you know, laterally or horizontally, et cetera, because there are many ways to the top. So does, does host have paths and programs that would allow folks to say, okay, here's a goal, but here's a way I can continue to grow and evolve within the company, even if it's not just a very linear kind of path. Right. We, we don't have what I would call traditional linear career paths where you start in job A and then you go to job B and you go to job C and then you've reached the pinnacle of your career or it may be job J by the time you've gotten to the pinnacle of your career. Um, I think, in fact, we are creating now a, a much more um, jungle gym uh, type uh, environment than we have even had in the past where, for example, to be a director of operations in our branches, we are seeking to put them through every single possible role in the branch that they uh, that they will oversee or even work with. Um, you know, for example, you know, we have a lot of Starbucks that we, we ha- uh, run within the company. So I did not know be, that, by the way. <laughs> Oh, what we do. So we have, um, I think over 400 Starbucks in, uh, in all airports and travel plazas in, in North, in North America. And, um, so that's a big, big part of our job. And so there was a time in the company when you could become a DO without going through, um, and running a, a Starbucks or working in a Starbucks for a period of time. And so now what we're trying to do is make sure that people rather than, um, you know, just go through a more, um, I guess, you know, like I said, straight up the ladder, you know, food and beverage manager, multi-unit manager, DO, um, to make sure that you, you've worked in maybe a Starbucks, you've, you've had you some, ex- a good amount of experience, um, you know, in HR, you've got the right financial background, and we're actually developing leadership, uh, development program work around all of the experiences that we want you to have before you ascend into, um, the director of operations job for us. Now that's relatively new. It's about six years old now. 
And so those kinds of, of, of processes and programs and learnings take time to take larger hold within a company. But it is, it is an effort that we're making to ensure depth and breadth of knowledge before someone moves, um, moves into a role. We also uh, ensure that we have a um, formal, for lack of a better word, um, process that we put people through who want to be in these roles. Um, that, like I said, it, um, that is not something that we've had forever. Uh, it, it's newer since I've been here, but where you, we are trying to ensure that anybody who has an interest in, a, in an available position has the opportunity to be looked at and evaluated um, for that position. And if they're not quite ready for the position, that we tell them what they what it is that they need to develop. And then we work to help provide them the support in order to achieve what it is we're asking them to achieve, to be um, a star candidate for one of our roles. Perfect. So my last question for, uh, for either both of you, really, um, you know, mindset is a big driver of this. And it seems like you already have there at host from Steve on down have the mindset of this being a really, really important issue uh, because then it definitely benefits the organization. Um, so what's being done or it can be done to drive the mindset of the strengths of diversity and using you guys as a model that could possibly be applied to whether you're in an airport or maybe another company, et cetera. So you're talking about mindset um, and that, and that's kind of equated to like culture and thought and what's happening in the building and sure. what we're talking about and what drives us and uh, what motivates us. Right. So we're doing so many cool things right now um, to integrate people together. So executive leadership ends up spending time with hourly um, and some, and the employees across, the floors, uh, whether or not that is something that in the past they, they ever had the opportunity to do, um, is almost immaterial now because we have actually physically changed the entire building so that we have these common space areas where people can be integrated and work together regardless of their position. So it's really pretty mind blowing to come into our offices and see what's happened here because I think our physical spaces and how open they are and diverse and um, just like really cool sort of a representative of the mindset, the thought process around um, wanting to embrace new ideas and being inclusive and welcoming. I mean, this is what you see. Not only is it um, suggestive in our physical space, but we talk about it a lot. We have like Women's Leadership Network, which is an internal group. Um, where opportunities for advancement, conversations, uh, skill building occur. Um, and all this stuff really creates a culture of inclusion and transparency. It excites people. People feel like they're making contributions, like they make a difference. Um, and it's sort of this, they, I, I believe that an informal mentoring has taken hold. And look, no one's sitting here saying we need to do these things because, you know, we need to look differently. We're not saying that at all. We're saying we need to do these things because, um, gender and ethnic diversity are clearly correlated with higher company profits. And we care about that. So that's what we're all here to do. Um, and we also want to be more representative of the people we serve of our landlord communities, all of which are becoming more diverse. So I think everything we're talking about is just kind of an organic cultural shift. And I think 
that really, for, for me, it's so important that we're talking about this because um, I think HMS host is, is ahead, you know, um, and I, I would challenge you to go talk to some of our peers in the industry and, and ask these same questions um, because I really, I, I think that we are doing some amazing things here um, and we're just starting and it's only going to get better. Just to add on to what Atusa was saying, just some specific examples, you know, as we talk about the new space that we have here that's very, very open and, and intended for everyone to come and use, um, through the Women's Leadership Network, uh, which has been around for a, a few years now, we um, offered a lot of new opportunities for people to come together and network. And despite its name as the Women's Leadership Network, it is really intended as a platform for inclusion and for networking and for developing a sense of, of um, opportunity and belonging within the company. One of, I think, the best events that we did was um, created by the, we have a, a networking committee that is part of this group. And they pulled together every single uh, EVP within the organization and got a group of six to eight associates who just wanted to be part of an opportunity to sit and talk for an hour um, about career opportunities, about growth, about questions about the company, about ways to think about how to approach even developing your own network. And so we all had these meetings um, with various associates within the company, um, male and female. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have actually kept going. You know, mine in particular, I still get together um, with the group that I led and we sit and we have, um, we have lunch or we have coffee or we talk. And so a lot of developing opportunity for people is about um, giving people the opportunity to be together and to network and to grow and develop relationships because ultimately strong relationships are what help drive business. They drive success in business. And I think often people just need some ideas and some push and some, some ability to access others within an organization in order to successfully grow and develop their careers. Like, like Atusa said, I think companies that are looking for a particular mindset around how to be diverse and inclusive uh, need to, to not just do it from the top down, but allow grassroots, um, grassroots ideas and, um, and development around it. The Women's Leadership Network, again, is another very good example of that, where rather than say, here are five people on a steering committee who are going to develop content and programming and create these events, we opened it up to every single associate in the company to first of all, tell us what they wanted from this organization. What do you want? What kind of what kind of events do you want? What kind of mentoring do you want? What is it that you want us to do to help you grow and develop your career? And then out of that grew three committees that then, again, people volunteered to be on. And then this organization purely ran itself last year. Everybody was excited, charged up, motivated. We had men and women devoting time and energy to bringing people together, whether it was panel speakers such as the first African-American uh, and female director of the, um, of, the, uh, of, a, of the National Park Service coming in and speaking to us, to a panel of um, successful female restaurateurs and um, winemakers and um, a beer maker to come in and talk to us about what their challenges were within their careers. 
um, to, like I said, just informal networking events that are getting people together um, just for the sake of getting them together. And so I think ultimately the mindset does have to come from the, from the top. And then that just turns into permission for everybody to work together to achieve better things for the company, um, both through diversity, through inclusion, through a set, creating a sense of belonging within a company. But I can't emphasize enough allowing those who are going to in some ways benefit most from the work that you put around diversity to be integrally involved in the process because that's where you're honestly going to get your best ideas because you're going straight to your customer and asking them, what, what do you want and how can we help you? Excellent. Well, that's all I have. Atusa, Laura, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. 